0: through them take our minds and think through them take our hearts and set them on fire with love of your son Jesus Christ in whose name we pray amen please be seated you know in hindsight it might not have been a bad idea to have you all stand since the choir just sang a lullaby if you noticed that But it's a blessing to have you here this evening for Christmas, sharing it with family and with friends and whoever you came with. And we're all gathered together as God's family tonight. And Merry Christmas. Thank you. I don't know how many times you've heard that already today, tonight, yesterday, this past week, this past month. Because it seems that our culture, right after Halloween... If not Thanksgiving, we're immediately jumping into Christmas. And so we wish people a Merry Christmas, unless, of course, you're in a store and someone says Happy Holidays. You may say Happy Holidays back to them, but it's Christmas. And so we think about this season, and, you know, we've been thinking about it for a while, really. When you walk through stores right after Halloween, you're hearing Christmas carols, and probably... You've been thinking about Christmas cards and Christmas gifts. And my wife, who amazes me, she gathers gifts all during the year. And when she went to wrap them over the past couple of days, she said, I forgot how many gifts I had gotten for our children and grandchildren. And so we have this on our mind. And we think about Christmas a lot during these days. But we have reminders also on television. Think about the other things that we end up thinking about during Christmas time, like Christmas trees and decorations and lights and reindeer and snowmen. And the movies that come on annually that also remind us, and we see them pop up on the television... For some of those here who have been around a while, it's a wonderful life. And Miracle on 34th Street. For those who are maybe a little younger, not only do we think about reindeer, but we think about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And not just about snowmen, but Frosty the snowman. And we think about a Grinch, and we think about Charlie Brown's Christmas. And there's another movie that shows up. Every year about this time. And has been doing so for probably 50 years, 60 years. Does anyone know what movie I'm talking about? The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. And it's not so much that it's specifically about Christmas. As much as it tends to bring the same kind of feelings around that we're looking for at Christmas. Think about it just for a second. I want to go home. There's no place like home. That nostalgic thinking about our childhood for those of us that had reasonable or happy childhoods. That we think about the feelings that we had when we were young and the presents and Santa Claus and the goodies. And we just seek to bring those feelings back. Because isn't that really what Christmas is about, at least for our culture? It's about feelings. The holiday spirit. It's about magic, the Christmas magic. Is that really what Christmas is all about? Because really, that's what the culture leads you to believe. And so, we look for that. And then it passes. It passes like another Christmas story or fairy tale or feeling that may not really have much of an impact on us, at least long term. But you know, I read something this past week, last week, and this particular page in a magazine says, who says Christmas has to come just once a year? See, we really want those feelings all the time if we can get them. But what this article or this page is telling us that if you give The Economist as a gift subscription, they will have that Christmas feeling all year. There's the answer. Is that really it? I mean, it's amazing that they think of themselves so highly. But Christmas is not just about a feeling. It's not about Christmas magic. It's not about a fairy tale. Because really what it's about is that Jesus came down. He was promised by the prophets. In fact, you can go back hundreds, thousands of years and the dozens and dozens of prophecies about this child that would be born and who he was and what he would do. Is promised to us. I've also heard a couple of songs over the past month or so. One by John Peterson and one by Michael W. Smith that actually has the same or very similar titles. Heaven Came Down. Is that really what happened? Heaven Came Down? That would lead you to, to believe that heaven is here. And actually people even try to Kind of manufacture that. Kind of try to find that as well. A piece of heaven. Or as people like to say, a slice of heaven. What's a slice of heaven? You have a great dinner and a great evening and a beautiful setting and this is a slice of heaven. You go on a vacation, this is a slice of heaven. You have a romantic encounter, this is a slice of heaven. Is that heaven? Did heaven really come down? Is that what it's about? I mean, think of all the ways that we refer to and think about Christmas and heaven and even heaven coming down. And in fact, to a certain degree, when Jesus came that first Christmas, it was heaven come down, to a degree. And so it's a yes and it's a no. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Jesus came down with the angels And people were drawn to his presence and changed by his presence. That's the yes. But the no, where was he born? In a manger in a stable. That's a lot of yuck. My grandfather was a huckster. They sold vegetables. And his brother, my great uncle, had a farm. And every winter he would Allow the animals to stay in the barn all winter. And then the grandsons went and we had to shovel out the barn. Think about that. When you think about a stable and a manger. Is that heaven? It really wasn't. Think about what was going on in Bethlehem and Jerusalem. So many people were unaware of what was going on. Who it was that had come. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, as we're told, the courts were in disarray and confusion. And so there was a lot of wondering, there was a lot of questioning, but there wasn't a whole lot of definitive. And when the wise men showed up, Herod said... Tell me where he is so I can worship him. But that wasn't reality either. It was a lie. Because out of anger and fear and jealousy, he was going to have this baby killed and when he couldn't find him, he killed a bunch of babies. That's not heaven. But the real question is, who came down? Who came down? if you look at the prophecies and you look what was said in Luke chapter 1 another set of prophecies prophecies that were referred to from Isaiah Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9, Isaiah 11 Isaiah 40 through 53 the suffering servant passages that talk about who this is that came he's the Messiah, he's the promised one he's the anointed one for what? for our salvation He's the anointed one to come and be our Savior. Jesus, because he came to die on a cross in our place for our sin, there's the yuck. Because we have sin and we have failures and we've got pain and we've got suffering and this is not heaven. He came to be Emmanuel, God with us. To show us how to live. To show us how to love. To show us how to have peace and joy amidst the mess. And the suffering and the struggling. And to bring that to the world even when it costs us. That's who came down. What came down? What came down was the message of salvation. That we are sinners in need of a redeemer and he will redeem us he will restore us he will transform us what came down was the person who would usher this in through the cross and the resurrection to show he has power over sin and death what came down was the one who would Through his action, show us how to live, and then when he died and rose and ascended, would send the Holy Spirit so that we might be transformed. What came down was this message of the gospel for our lives to change our lives. That it's not what we think, and it's not what the world thinks, and it's not about feelings and what we feel, it's about him. It's about the message that he brought and the life that he lived and the cross and the resurrection. That's why he came, to bring that down. See, we don't live in heaven here. We live for heaven because we live for Jesus here. That's why he came so that we would understand that now we live for him. Look at all the people around that were affected by his birth, Mary and Joseph. Their lives were transformed and they lived for him. When the shepherds got the message and were told who this was that came, it changed their lives and they were transformed and they went away worshiping and praising God and telling other people. And the wise men who came a great distance and brought great gifts, and their lives were changed. They were transformed because they knew who this was who had come into the world. See, Jesus came, not so that we would have this fleeting time, this season, this feeling, but so that we would be transformed and changed. That's why he came. And that we would live for him and live for all of eternity. We try to recreate heaven. As if this life is what it's about. And it's not. But we need to live the life of Christ because he gave his life for us. He showed us the depth of his love and changed us. You know, we hear words like in Isaiah... For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Us. Those who would call themselves his people. Those who come to him by faith. Those who would be his community. So that we would learn what it means to live for Christ together, encourage each other, support each other, care for each other, and then take together that message to the world, to us. But do you notice what the angel said to the shepherds? To you. To you. So there's an us. There's a community. That's gathered together around the Christ child. Just like the shepherds and the wise men and Mary and Joseph. But to you. This is meant to be personal. He is meant to come into your heart and your life. And change you. Because to you is born this day in the city of David. A savior who is Christ the Lord. That's what Christmas is about. That's who came down. So that you would have a changed life. A changed perspective. A changed sense of priority. That it's no longer about you. Or about a feeling. It's about him and his birth and his life and his death and resurrection. Because you know him personally and you know why he came down that first Christmas to you. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for that gift that came that first Christmas. The gift of a baby, helpless and humble, who came to give his life for us so that our lives might be transformed individually and together as his people. Lord God, we pray that this Christmas, this Christmas, would be more than a feeling, more than a fairy tale, more than a nice story, but the gift and message of your salvation through this baby born in Bethlehem, Jesus, our Savior, our Messiah, our Lord. I pray this night that this would be true for us in our hearts and in our lives as we live for you for the rest of our lives.